Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zockey. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is driver Rainbow Racing driver Sage Karam. Sage, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. And a uh, pretty neat deal is, uh, of course, you, you were racing in May, at, at, or I should say in August, at Indianapolis, and uh, you, you'll be racing again uh, coming up this weekend at uh, IndyCar Harvest GP, and uh, you were able to name a new sponsor and dry uh, dryer Reinbold, and it, it's a pretty exciting uh, week coming up for you, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's great to be back with the dry and Reinbold crew um, and have a new sponsor on board, like you said, with Oil to Soil. Um you know, it's it's hard to to get new sponsors and stuff. You know, at, with the uh, state of the world right now, so um, you know to bring in you know new uh, sponsors on the car and everything is always uh, is always a good thing, and it just shows the health that the IndyCar series is in. Um, so we're excited. You know, I think um, it's good to be able to go back to a track that we raced on earlier in the season. Um, you know, this is the first year for us that we we've been able to um, do more than just one race. So. Um, you know, just that in itself has been, you know, a big task for us and, and also a lot of learning and just a lot of fun, but to be able to go back to a track that we raced already this year, you know, I think it, um, really helps us out. You know, um, we have some data I'm familiar with it. The team's familiar with it. So we're hoping that we can have a, a good show and, and, you know, we get two chances at it this coming weekend. We'll race on Friday and Saturday. So, um, looking forward to it. How long does it take for, you know, especially in, in your case, not being out of a car for a few months and that, uh, going to a road course and be so technical and be so, you know, sh- you know keep that, that pencil real sharp, as they say, uh, and, and how long does it take? Uh, one session, two sessions? You know, walk us through that. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, basically like the whole first session, we're only going to have one practice before qualifying, so... Um, if you can't figure it out in one session, you're in a lot of trouble. Um, you know, so I got to, you know, figure it out quite quickly. Um, but, you know, usually, you know, you, you, you get your bearings under you, you know, about seven, eight laps into the first session, I'd say it starts coming back to you. And then, you know, you, you can start pushing 
Um, you know, I think we'll get like two or three sets of tires um, for the first session. So the first set is basically just figuring everything out again, getting used to everything. Um, and then towards the end of that practice session is when we really start to, to push and, and, and look for speed and, you know, get ready for qualifying. Jeff? Yeah, when uh, when I was going through some of the uh, non-racing things that uh, that you're interested in, Sage, it, uh, wrestling, I know, is a, uh, a big part of, uh, of your life and something that you love. And can you talk about, you know, A, what about wrestling uh, you're able to sit there and bring into, like, the discipline and everything like that into racing with you that you use every week? Yeah, so my dad is a uh, high school wrestling coach here in uh, Easton, Pennsylvania, um, and I've wrestled my whole life. Um, so you know, it's been a it, it's been good for me. You know, as far as like staying in physical, you know, top notch shape. It's uh, one of those sports that you know makes you train super hard. And and uh, when I get into a car, I know that I'm at my peak performance as far as physically. Um, and then wrestling is also just a big mental game. You know, it's um it's a tough sport. You know, you gotta have a lot of grit to do it um you know whether it's making weight and not letting your team down or um if you're in a close match or down by a few points like anything can happen so you know it kind of teaches you to never give up too so um you know there's definitely a lot of life lessons and and sports lessons that you can learn just from the sport of wrestling so um i'm very thankful i did it and and you know definitely happy about it and um yeah wrestling season hopefully will be starting up soon again um, you know, depending on how COVID and everything goes on, I hope we can, we can get back into the room and get wrestling again. Cause it's always a lot of fun. Yeah. The, um, the other thing is, uh, obviously you were going to race at St. Pete this year at the beginning of the year. And that's now the, the, the closing, uh, race, everything works out. Let's say everything works out. Well, you get, you know, top 10 finish in, in both races. Is that something that that's still on the, uh, that could be on the schedule coming up for later in the year? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I think the original plan was to run St. Pete, but we weren't planned to run the NDGP. So um, I, I think we're, we probably won't go and do St. Pete just because, um, you know, just to replace that race, we, we decided we were just going to do um, the NDGP since it made more sense, you know, with not having to travel all the way down there and, you know, hotel rooms and stuff like that. So, um, this just made sense, and, you know, we're getting two races instead of one. Um, but you never know. You know, maybe we have two really strong results, and, and, you know, the sponsors get excited or somebody else comes on board, and we can go do St. Pete. But at the moment, I, I don't think it's um, it's in the plans at the moment. Having, having two races coming up this weekend, does that, does that not, not only you but the other drivers too, is that something you guys kind of keep in your back pocket when you – should I make this move going into this corner when I know i got to kind of save the car for the next race tomorrow? Is, does that come into factor? Yeah, I mean, obviously um, I think no matter what, you know, I'll be um, wanting to, you know, bring the car home in one piece. That's always the first goal is, to, you know, just – Mm-hmm. to do as many laps as possible. And if you can, you know, stay on the lead lap and, and not get in any incidents, then you have a pretty good shot at, at finishing, um, you know, well. You know, I think it all comes down to that strategy at that point, hoping that things go your way. Um, but, yeah, obviously you don't want to give the guys a long night on Friday um, going into Saturday. Um, you know, I think it, it, it would be 
quite tough for the guys if they had to rebuild a car. And, and obviously, we're a small team and everything, so we can't really afford to have any big wrecks. With the new aero device, how much cooler is it going to be this weekend as opposed to uh, you know earlier in the year? Yeah, I mean, the first uh, race we did here um, at the GT was, it had to have been high 90s. Um, and historically, that race hasn't really been a really physical race. Um, you know, it, it it's not really like a street circuit where it's really bumpy and, and you're really having to, you know, manhandle the car around. Um, but, you know, with the aero screen addition, it became really, really hot inside the car and it made it one of the most physical races I've ever done. So, um, you know, knowing that, you know, I've been training and doing a lot of like heat acclimation training and stuff, um, you know, to get ready for that. But, um, you know, now that it's in October, hopefully, you know, cooler temperatures and stuff will, will help us out there and, and it won't be as physical. But then again, you know, you're, you got to do it twice instead of once. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, I've never done an indie, um, you know, a double header before. Actually, I did one in 2015 at Detroit. But other than that, you know, I really haven't done it before, um, especially this year. So um, it's going to be something new for me, new for the team. And, um, you know, hopefully it, we can just make it go smoothly. You know, running in the heat and everything and running an IndyCar, it's very physical. You know, probably Formula One is probably at the top. IndyCar, you know, and then and then further down. But for for a driver that wants to get in shape, driving a, a, a you know Formula One car, IndyCar, that is it more important to have uh, to have core strength? You know, have have a strong core or cardio. What, what's what what's the one thing that if you know if we go to pit fit training, they're going to focus on? Yeah, I think the number one training aspect is just basically muscle endurance um you know i it's we don't have power steering like formula one is power steering um so it's it's a lot harder to steer an indy car than it is say a formula one car um so you know i you got to have some sort of strength obviously um to do it but i think most of our training is just basically like long duration stuff um you know if you're only good for for 10 laps at full strength or whatever um, and you're really going to be hurting for the remainder of the race. So you got to be able to have your muscles um, be able to regroup themselves and, and, and not get overly tired too quickly um, because then it will make for a long race, like I said. So, um, you know, I do like a lot of circuit training. Um, you know, I do a lot of cycling. Um, so a lot of cardio stuff. And, and uh, you know, you don't really want to be too big in the car either. So I don't lift weights, um, you know, for, for weight. You know, I'm not doing like – you know, 245 on a, on a bench press and for two or three reps, you know, it's, sure. it's really the complete opposite. You know, it's lighter weights, higher reps, just trying to build muscular endurance. Talking about Sage so, Karam, talking about Sage you, Karam driver of yeah. the driver Reinbold in the uh, oil, oil to soil car uh, that's running up in the Harvest GP this weekend. Jeff, I'm sorry, you had one more thing? Yeah, do you find it hard to balance, uh, you know, obviously uh, the physical conditioning, you just talked about that, uh, getting ready to race, working with the race team to set the cars up and all that, but do you find that you're having to do more with trying to attract and keep sponsors happy with, uh, you know, sponsorship, not just, you know, flowing like it used to? Yeah, I mean, you know, racing's definitely two businesses nowadays. You know, you have your on-track business and your off-track business. And if you don't have your off-track business right, um, then you really don't even have an on-track business. So um, you really got to, like, market yourself correctly and, and uh, you know, 
be around the right people, be in the right spots at the right time. It's really hard nowadays. You know, it's not like you can just go to companies and, you know, companies are just going to be writing you a $5 million check. It's not really like that anymore. Um, so you need to be creative with things and figure out, you know, how can I help this sponsor, whether it's, you know, business to business, you know, planning. Um, if, you know, that basically means if there's a, a sponsor already on the team, uh, say Target, you know, and, and, and then you have a sponsor of, of oil to soil, um, you know, maybe you can go to Target and say, you know, we can bring oil to soil in and sell, you know, this many, you know, at the store or whatever. And, um, you know, then it helps both parties. And then that's what is attractive to them. They want to know how you're going to help them. Um, and that's just, it's been hard, you know, like I said, it's not like the old days where, you know, companies were in a better financial state and were able just to write checks. And, you know, now they're just looking for better returns on investments and stuff. So you got to get creative and um, yeah, I mean, you're, I'm constantly, you know, have my team writing emails, making phone calls and, and figuring out what's the best way we can, we can, you know, come, come up with money because unfortunately it's, you know, if you don't got the money, you're not racing nowadays. So, um, you know, that's always the biggest battle. Very good. Well, Sage, we certainly appreciate you taking time out. Very interesting interview and uh, best of luck this weekend at the Harvest Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course. Yep. Thank you. And if you want to buy a little soil, it's available on Amazon. Go check it out. Thank you guys. All right. Thank you. That was Sage Karam on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Coming up after this, we're going to talk to George Phillips from oilpressure.com, talk about the upcoming Nashville Grand Prix coming up in 2021 in the IndyCar Series. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobson, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from OilPressure.com. It is George Phillips. George, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. And, of course, uh, we, we talked about this, I think, the last time you were on the show, about the upcoming uh, announcement of the, the Music City Grand Prix. Well, it looks like it's here. They're going to be running it August 6th through the 8th, 2021, uh, at Nashville. And uh, you, you look at the configuration of the race. I must I must give them credit. It's something I would not have thought of. And uh, I, I guess to to explain it for those not familiar with it, George, you can help me out on this. You have Nissan Stadium. That's where the the Titans play, and uh, they'll be racing throughout the parking lot in, at Nissan Stadium. But then they go across a bridge into an air, other area. Can kind of explain to us uh, how that works? Well, um, yeah, in fact, they're only racing around, they're not racing around the stadium. They're only racing around one of the parking lots on the east side of the stadium. Uh, okay. And that's where the that's where the paddock and the pits will be. But then when they leave that area, it, and it's, it's, it's interesting, it's like mid-Ohio in that the, the, start finish, the start, starting line and the finish line are in two different locations. Um, so... The finish line oh, okay. will be pr- pr- pretty much right behind the stadium, right in front of the pits. But then they will uh, make a couple of turns, and then they will uh, 
head up a hill over a bridge that crosses the Cumberland River, which it's not a it's not a gigantic river like the Mississippi River or the Ohio, but um, it's it's a good sized river. I mean, it, it can handle uh, heavy barge traffic, and so it's a good sized river. And uh, I don't ever recall IndyCar uh, going over a body of water before. Um, so not only will they do it once on each lap, they'll actually do it twice on a lap because they're going to be heading across the river, uh, heading west um, towards the, the downtown side of the river, and then they'll uh, work their way around a little small area there just south of downtown, and then they will come back over that uh, the Vietnam Veterans uh, Bridge. And when they're coming down there to, back towards the stadium, Apparently, that's going to be um, heading into turn one of the track. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a very poor job of describing this for people <laughs> that can't see it. But um, they'll be heading into a, a left-hander that everybody says is going to be like um, Cleveland in the old cart days because it's going to be okay. wide. Apparently, it's going to be about 80 feet wide uh, as they head into this uh, turn one area. And then they're going to head uh, back over across that parking lot and uh, Tony Cotman, who designed the track, said that if you don't get through turn one, uh, well, then you're going to be passed heading, going into turn two. So it sounds like there are a lot of anticipated uh, passing zones, which is good for a street race. Sure. Um, so, but, but basically it's going to be two – I've heard it described two Mickey Mouse areas – um, attached with two very long straightaways, and I think those straightaways are like um, 3,500 feet. So uh, they'll be they uh, they say they'll be approaching about 200 miles an hour as they head into turn one. It it, it seems like it, it's a good way though. I mean, if you look at the track design, um, like it's a good way to kind of spread out the the crowding. I mean, you're gonna have this you know this congested area. You know, with the paddock, the pits, the, where the stadium's located, but then this other area that's kind of like this, almost like an appendage or whatever you want to call it, uh, that crosses a river. It'd be kind of a neat way. If I'm an Indian, I'm, I'm kind of curious what's going on. Let's go check it out, but I don't want to jump in with both feet. Is that a good way of thinking about it? Yeah, and um, and the, the the fortunate thing is that. Between the stadium and that bridge, there's a, a just north of the the bridge they'll be crossing. There's another bridge that's a pedestrian bridge. So I'm I'm assuming that that's going to be. How, I don't know if they'll have trams on there or what. But uh, if people want to move their move around to other parts of the track, I guess they can utilize that pedestrian bridge. So it's it's. Uh, I think it will be a very fan-friendly layout. I was a little skeptical at first, but the more I read about it and see it and think about it, um, I think it's going to be good. It's so much better than what they had proposed about three or four years ago, which was essentially actually racing around the stadium on both sides of it and rarely leaving the parking lot area. That was not going to be good. Well, I think it's interesting with uh, them incorporating, you said, the south side of downtown. That's got to get, uh, you would think a lot of those businesses would, would be embracing the race and, 
and try to get involved and have different events and everything like that as well. Do you hear about that happening or is it more kind of like uh, a wait and see approach on it? You know, it, it's interesting when this was all coming about because, um, you know, we knew for two or three weeks before the announcement that I say we, we that follow IndyCar knew that this was going to happen. But oddly enough, I never heard a thing about it locally uh, here in Nashville. But once they had the announcement, I mean, everybody seems to be on board. Um, and they think this is going to be a, a, a big, big-time event. And, in fact, yesterday on my way home from work, I was on the, the uh, interstate heading west towards home, and I just glanced over and, and uh, I saw a billboard uh, for this event almost a year away. So pe- people are talking about it. It's got a lot of buzz right now. And I think, um, um, of course, not to get into politics, but our, our, our mayor here is a little overzealous on his um, uh, restrictions for downtown. And he continues to keep the businesses shut. So I think if the businesses can survive till next year, I think they will really embrace this. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a... You know, I'm not a big fan of street racing, but uh, this layout kind of intrigues me a bit. And if they can make it work, so be it. Nashville, let's face it, is one of the the hot the hot cities in 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 the nation, as as you well know, George. And you know that you know uh, you know when people talk about the hot places or you know what what's going on in in the nation, they talk about maybe Austin, Texas, or they talk about Nashville. And uh, that's certainly on you know it. it, it if it works out, it could be a nice feather in the cap for for uh, IndyCar. I did want to touch base, though, on uh, your latest column. talks about Zach Veach. For those not, who are not aware of it, uh, Zach Veach is out of the Andretti Autosport, the, the, the GameBridge car, and there's a lot going on there. And James Hinchcliffe is in, which makes a lot of sense. But, uh, George, kind of walk us through that transaction. Well, um and I don't really know. I mean, uh, we first learned on Wednesday when uh, I first saw it when Zach uh, posted on on Facebook that he um, he was uh, it had been determined he would not be returning in in 21. So he says he made the decision to step out of the car to give Andretti Autosport uh, a chance to try other drivers uh, in preparation for 21. I don't know that I buy that. Uh, Zach is nice enough that he may have actually done that. Uh, I think had I been in his shoes, I would have taken those. And if I had the option, I would have taken those three races to set that up as an audition for other teams that might have openings for next year. But um, so I don't know if he really did volunteer to step out of the car uh, for 21. But uh, as soon as I found out that he was doing that, to me, it just seemed very uh, obvious. The obvious choice was that James Hinchcliffe would be in there. I really didn't think that they would have a any type of auditions or anything. And and I certainly think he's going to be in the car in twenty one as well. Yeah, it looks that way. And you know, you mentioned you know, Gamebridge apparently is out for for next year. I wonder if this is also a way to because uh, 
you know, Hinchcliffe had a partial schedule set up with uh, Genesis, another local sponsorship. So I'm wondering, I wonder if we could maybe see if this is an audition and maybe a way to kind of grease the skids, maybe for Genesis to step up next year, and we could see, uh, uh, you know, Genesis is sponsor sponsoring Hinchcliffe, if if not a partial season, maybe a full season in 2021. And, and and that's a good question, and um, uh, one of my readers chastised me because I was um, under the assumption, I was making the assumption that GameBridge was out, and and he's right. I mean, GameBridge has not announced publicly that they are not coming back, so I don't, I'm assuming that GameBridge uh, decided that they were not going to be coming back in 21, but uh, who knows, I mean, GameBridge and Genesis might split the season with with Hinch, much like um, uh, Auto Nation and Napa are doing with uh, Rossi. Well, and Gamebridge has been all over too. Gamebridge has agreements with the Speedway itself, you know, sponsoring and doing a lot of uh, activation with with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway itself. So it could be just they could be just reassessing things. Yeah, Gamebridge could be, or even as an associate sponsorship. You know, we we had Zach or we had uh, um, Sage Caramon before. You know, he's always talking about, and he was talking about well, sponsorship. You're trying to work things out. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, and if if anybody can cobble together sponsorships and different packages, it's certainly Michael Andretti and his group, because they, they've certainly been doing it for years. And there's also been some speculation about Ryan Hunter Ray. Will he be back next year? So, you know, I, it, it, it's interesting to see, you know, I mean, Andretti Autosport runs a lot of cars, but when you run a, run a lot of cars, George, it takes a lot of money, doesn't it? It does, and I, you know, they're they're doing five cars, and if you count um, Jack Harvey with their association with um, Meyer Shank, you know, that would actually make six. And you know, it may be a, it may be too much. I don't I don't know, but you're right. It does take a lot of money. I do not know the DHL sponsorship situation. I don't know if that is coming to an end this year or I, I just don't know. Um, but, you know, Hunter Ray is getting a little long in the tooth and he, um, he didn't win a race last year, did he? I don't think he did. Yeah. Um, or maybe he, did he win Detroit last year? Or was that two years ago? I can't remember now, but, um, but he, his results have not been there for the last almost two seasons. So uh, I, I do not know if he'll be um, coming back or calling a career after this year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But with uh, IndyCar, with, with we we got two the, coming up this weekend for the Harvest Grand Prix, and then uh, the, closing out the season at St. Pete. What are you looking for in the next uh, few races here? Well, obviously, if if we're going to have um, something to really lure people in for ratings. Um, we, uh, you know, Scott Dixon needs to falter some, <laughs> and Joseph Newgarden needs to to crank it up. Uh, I still think this is Dixon's championship to win. Um, you know, Dixon won the um, uh, uh, Grand Prix back on July fourth there. So, um, you know, I, I and Newgarden's never won there, but I think I forget where he placed there, but. Uh, I think Dixon could actually wrap up this championship um, uh, with the Harvest Grand Prix with the doubleheader uh, next weekend. And plus, uh, 
you know, and I've not heard anything, but I just heard some speculation, and I kind of have a gut feeling myself. I'm still not 100% sold that St. Pete is going to run at the end of the season. So the harvest may actually be your season finale. Well, the governor just opened up the the uh, the whole state yesterday with uh, only if there's uh, you know outbreaks. If there's an outbreak, then they have to go back to 50% regarding restaurants and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see. Even if, because uh, I'm sure IndyCar wants to run this, even even just to fulfill the TV contracts and that. So it'll be interesting to see how they work that out. But I would, uh, and then whether, you know, how many fans will be allowed. But I, I don't know. I have a feeling they might run it. So. Well, and, and I, I just don't know. I, I know that um, uh, Savory Green, or Green Savory, whichever it is, uh, the promoter, uh, I know they kind of took a bath on the on the March race that didn't happen, and but I I know they left some of the the stands and some of the 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 infrastructure there for the race. I think they left it up all through the summer. So if they can put it back together uh, without a whole lot of extra costs, maybe they can. But I'm just wondering. I'm not sure that if this is COVID related more so than just dollars related. I'm just not sure that they. Um, I'm just not sure it's going to run. I, I'm probably wrong, uh, but I've always just kind of, you know, it took them so long to, to actually, they said they were going to run it, but they, it took them forever to even come up with a date. And I just, I'm just not 100% sure that it is going to run. I hope I'm wrong. It'll be interesting to see what happens. George, we certainly appreciate you taking time out. Make sure you check out his stuff at oilpressure.com, his Speed is Life uh, column. And uh, all that's good stuff. I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, thanks for the insight on Nashville. Uh, Jeff and I and our whole crew will have about 20 people. We really appreciate you opening up the house to us. I'm glad to do it. And uh, bring some more of your friends, too, if you want to. (laughs) All right. That's George Phillips on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give it the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. I've never been to Nashville, Steve. I'd love to go. Okay. Yeah, you just got invited, Mitch. Yeah, we'll get a whole caravan to go down there. So coming up next, we'll talk to Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Talk about about last week's 24 Hours of Le Mans and Formula One and the latest in IMSA coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Along with our friends at David Hobson Honda. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from RacingNation.com. It is Fast Eddie Lapine. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you today? I'm doing no, just ducky, Jeff. Never better. <laughs> well, I'm happy to hear that. And uh, you know, I want to talk about Lamal real quick. I, I'm sorry, I, we tuned in a little bit to it throughout the weekend. I was busy. I was out, you know, up at Road America for a bit, so I didn't wasn't able to watch as much as I wanted to. But I, I you know, unfortunately, it, it it just seems like for the last 20 years, though. You get a manufacturer go in there. It's their time to dominate. Of course, we had Audi for so many years dominating, and now it's Toyota's turn. And uh, you know, Toyota, who who 
lost heartbreakingly that won Lamar a few years ago, and now they've just been dominating. Of course, it was uh, Toyota number eight winning with uh, Sebastian Buemi, uh, Kazuki Nakajima, and Brendan Hartley, who won an IMSA race up at Road America a few years ago, uh, kind of dominating that, didn't they? Well, yes, and it was uh, Sebastian Buemi's uh, third victory at the 24-hour Lamar, which was monumental. And hopefully in the next year or two, we're going to see lots of changes, and we won't see Toyota dominating, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the, the Swiss team, Rebellion uh, team, which, which I, I've always even kind of like the underdog, you know, and, and it's actually some of the sharper, sharper-looking cars too. So they were able to finish uh, second, and uh, but that's their final race too, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It's sad to see them go. They were big fan favorites in the U.S. because of them racing here a few years ago and actually winning a couple Petit Le Mans races. And uh, they're a great small team, privateer, and they've challenged. I mean, they were right up there. If Toyota would have had some more issues, uh, they could have won. Yeah, it certainly is. It's kind of uh, would have been light and would have been really cool to see them uh, pull off a win, but unfortunately they were not able to. Uh, let's switch uh, gears and go to uh, to the U.S. here with uh, the IMSA team and some big news. You know, we've been speculating over the last uh, over the last year with Acura Penske and Acura leaving. You know, what's going to happen to their uh, prototype program? And we uh, got some news uh, this week, didn't we? Yeah, we got really a couple big announcements that are really good for the future of IMSA, and that's Michael Shank, who we've had on the show numerous times, another privateer, so to speak, but he's done an awesome job throughout the years in IMSA and now IndyCar with his effort in in the IndyCar series, and he'll be one of the... uh, teams running the Acura next year along with Wayne Taylor and as people have seen this week that's a huge announcement uh, because he's been uh, running a Corvette prototype for many years now a Corvette I should say a Chevrolet prototype but I think GM is going to be scaling back and that would be my guess to see him leaving I was not surprised, and I think just as I've said in the past on the show, the technology of electric is coming a lot faster than anyone ever anticipated. And I think Wayne Taylor's move from GM is showing that he had to get to win again at Daytona. He had to make that move, and I think Acura could be a good move for them. Yeah, and it certainly makes sense for, especially for the for the Meyer Shank team and Michael Shank, them uh, going to the Acura prototype program, especially when they're affiliated with Honda, uh, you know, the Honda team in in IndyCar. So there's some definitely some synergy synergy there on on what's going on. So um, it, it's you know with and of course we had a Formula One today. They're in Sochi, Russia, and uh, a little bit of a, well, not a surprise for the pole. But uh, it's nice to not see a lockout from Mercedes in the front row, isn't it? 
Well, definitely, but it's still disappointing to see a half a second difference and Max Verstappen in the Red Bull car, Honda powered, I might add, just driving way, way out of over over his head to try to get there, and he did. He 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 broke uh, Mercedes uh, front row lockout, and I think it'll be an exciting first lap. I think if Max can get a good start and it's going to make it uh, very interesting into the first turn. Uh, but it's really hard to get fired up when Lewis Hamilton week in and week out, uh, there was some controversy this morning about uh, that. He broke a rule coming back on the track and they didn't enforce it. And there's just, you know, how, the rules just always seem to uh, play a factor and I don't know why they didn't enforce it, but they would have probably enforced it if it would have been somebody else. Uh, That would be my take on it. So, yeah. And then uh, the, the, the other surprise I thought was Sergio Perez qualifying fourth. You know, here's a guy that uh, right now, as far as I know, he still doesn't have a ride for next year. Yeah, when you think about it, somebody that brings to the table over $100 million and he has nothing confirmed, he's really the only driver in the field that's bringing that kind of money to the table. And he's pushed aside because Mercedes wanted Sebastian Vettel next year. And you see Sebastian crashed today. And Ferrari just seems to keep struggling. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen, dead last with Alfa Romeo. All the Ferrari engine-powered cars are just struggling immensely. And I don't see it changing for a while now. Right. Well, you know, and it's certainly frustrating, you know, somebody with Perez who... You know, they, they go into this weekend without the updates, uh, you know, so it puts them at a slight dis- disadvantage. He's able to get up to P4. You know, we understand with Lance Stroll and his, his position with the team, they're bringing in Sebastian Vettel, which, in, I mean, in my opinion, I think I'd rather stay with Perez, but they want they want a world champion on that team for whatever reason. Uh, who, and we'll, we'll talk about Vettel here in just a moment. But, you know, and now the talk is maybe him and Haas, you know, it'd be interesting. I mean, it, may, it would, definitely would make sense with Haas bringing in somebody like Perez with some money, and maybe they can do some more development. Because uh, Haas is, I, I, at this point, they, they they just need to clean uh, cl- clean the slate with their drivers. But you know, if they can, uh, you know, with bringing in Perez, maybe they can do a little bit more development, bring in you know a little more money. Because let's face it, speed is money, especially in Formula One. But they're 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 kind of uh, titched their they're trained to Ferrari, and Ferrari's been stu- struggling, and we, we saw that with, with Vettel in qualifying today with his, his accident, didn't we? Well, definitely, and, uh, you know, getting back to Haas about, you know, I mean, Kevin Magnussen, I think, you know, has definitely should be given an opportunity. I think a lot of it has been, you know, car-related. I mean, when you don't have the power, I mean, look at a world champion like Kimi Raikkonen on the grid for tomorrow's race in Russia, qualifying dead last. And as much money 
that Ferrari puts in this, it's almost ridiculous that they have no results. And they can't, in this situation, to dig themselves out of it, it, it's going to take immense effort. And they keep saying they don't want to fire anybody or make changes. And I don't think it's going to get any better unless they do bring somebody else in. I tell you what, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I jumped the route on my partner Jeff here on his question he had for Eddie. So when we come back, we'll, we'll uh, Jeff, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more uh, on IMSA in just a second where a couple drivers might be heading, and then we'll get our predictions coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan, Jeff Orlowski, Steve Zaki. We go back out to the great Midwest Bank hotline. Welcome back, Eddie Lapine. Eddie, where do you see Helio and Juan Pablo racing next season? Eddie? Do we have Eddie? I think we might All have right. Yeah. Uh, Eddie. I'm here. Oh, there we go. I'm, I'm here. I'm sorry. Okay, we only got a couple minutes, so it's got to be quick. But where do you see Helio and uh, Juan Pablo racing next season? Well, well, Helio's filling in, and he's working on some deals. He'll be racing at Indy. He could be in the next, the last three races for Asquez, who uh, got a concussion from that crash. So, I mean, the door's open. I mean, I think it's just going to be funding. I mean, I think that's part of the reason why they're in the situation. They were pretty much the highest-paid drivers in IMSA, and there was no room for them for next year in the whole thing. So, I mean, unless they can bring money to the table, then we're going to see them in a car. All right, what about Montoya? Same with Montoya. I mean, he could be anywhere. I mean, he's he, he wants to to drive any – he wants to keep racing. So I think he'll be a little more flexible and – He's got talent. So I you, okay. could, you could see him back in IMSA in a prototype, maybe at Daytona uh, as a third driver at a couple long races. Um, All right. And, That'll be interesting you know, to see how that turns out. Now we've got uh, tonight, uh, well, we've got the Xfinity tomorrow, the cup race uh, in Las Vegas, the first race of the second round of the playoffs. If you're going to the window to place a wager, uh, Eddie, who are you going with? I, I, I'm i going to go with Harvick at Vegas. Yeah, from the poll. Uh, Steve, what about you, buddy? Uh, I like Logano, even though I hate to say it, but I'm going to go with Logano, <laughs> and then I'll take Cindric for tonight, Penske sweep. And then uh, for F1, we can't pick Hamilton. I'm going to go with Verstappen. All right, Mayor Mitch, mark that tape where uh, Steve says he likes Logano. We'll just play that next <laughs> week on a loop. We'll, we'll do. Uh, I'm going to go with Joey Gase for the win uh, tomorrow night. But if if for some reason hell freezes over and that doesn't happen, uh, and, and this is going to pain me too, Steve, you know this, I'll take Austin Dillon for the win tomorrow. Uh, okay. So we, we both picked our least favorite drivers to win the race. All right, Eddie, who do you like in F1 besides, uh, yeah. uh, With F1, I I have to, 
you took my pick, Steve, so I, I'm going to go with Botas. I, I just have okay. this feeling that something's going to happen the first lap between Verstappen and Hamilton. At least I hope so, because it'd be the most exciting thing that happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll give you Algar for tonight. Uh, who's your pick tonight, uh, Jeff? Uh, tonight I'm going to go with, uh, you know, i got to go with my boy, Cindric. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I think, to fun? I think Cindric and overall, uh, I think I'm going to, I wanted to go with Cindric too because I think he's just hot right now, definitely. All right, he sounds is. good, guys. Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening to the Final Inspection Show. We'll talk to you next week. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.